Shalom, my dear friends, dear brothers and sisters. We thank the Lord for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to study the Word of God together. I'm going to continue in this message with a second epistle that Shaul Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 4. Hopefully you have your Bibles with you. So please open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I would like in this session to read the first 12 verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And so I am reading. Paul writes to the Corinthians, continuing with what he had already shared with them in the third chapter. And now in chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, but Mashiach Yeshua the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus, of Yeshua, might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, I'm stopping here with the reading of this portion. And the reason for that, it is simply because in the second epistle to the Corinthians, really, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, all the way into chapter 5 and verse 8, the theme of this portion of Scripture is the courage and encouragement that Paul expresses, and you and I can identify with it, 
for conflict here in this world. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, we are reminded in our study of the second epistle to the Corinthians that Apostle Paul loved the Corinthians. He cared for them. And now that he wrote to them this second letter, after he had already written a severe letter between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, apparently there was a severe letter that he wrote to the Corinthians because of the fact that they needed to be corrected and he was very severe with them. And now that he heard from Titus that things are okay and they, they corrected themselves, he's writing to them and he's opening his heart before the believers at Corinth who were influenced by false teachers, false apostles who came and turned the Corinthians against Shaul Paul and the Corinthians were influenced by them. But beloved brothers and sisters, Paul was hurt by that because he loved the Corinthians and he sought for comfort and he founded the comfort in the Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort that we have in Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 where he said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He found comfort in spite of the trials, the persecution, and the rejection and the, that he had experienced in his service for the Lord and in his ministering to various assemblies, in opposition to the preaching of the gospel, he found comfort. And that's the one that only one that can give us comfort is none else but the Abba, the Father of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the Abba of mercies, of Rachamim, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. And so now as we are entering into the fourth chapter, really, beloved brothers and sisters, if you remember that in chapter 3 and verse 18, the last verse of chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, but we all with an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, all the tribulations and the trials that God's people experiencing in their lives, and as we are with an open face, behold by faith the risen and glorified Lord Jesus the Messiah in glory, what happened we are changed from kavod to kavod, from glory to glory, as the Spirit of the Lord working this out in our lives. So any trials, any tribulation, any problems that we experience as believers in our lives here on earth, we experiencing this, and the Lord is molding His people, He's shaping His people, and He's producing in His people change. We are called with an open face to behold, as in a glass, the glory of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. And when we are going through trials, when the Apostle Shaul Paul have gone through trial, He 
by faith look to the glorified Christ, the glorified Messiah, and by the Spirit of God, the Lord, through His Spirit, produce a change in His life from glory to glory, from kavod to kavod, from glory to glory. And it produces a change in the life of Paul who wanted this to be produced in the life of the Corinthians. Well, now why it is so important to realize that we need courage and Paul needed courage to continue on to follow after the Lord because he has experienced many conflicts. We have experienced many conflicts. He said in this very same chapter, we are troubled on every side. We are yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. When we go into chapter 6 and chapter 11, you can see the list of persecution and challenges that Paul had in his life. And on top of it, the care for all the local assemblies that the Lord raised him to establish and that were established in Europe and Asia Minor. But what hurt him so much is the way whereby the Corinthian assembly have behaved towards him, but now he's opening his heart and he's sharing with them the desire in his heart, his love for them, and even though whatever they have caused and brought upon him, He wanted them to know, and he wanted them as well, not to faint, but to continue on. So, beloved brothers and sisters, we read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 12, but that section from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, all the way into chapter 5, verse 8, there are four things that Apostle Paul is emphasizing concerning the ministry that the Lord had given to him and given to you and I, and we are called not to faint. So notice he says, four times we have, and so in verses 1 to 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, we have a glorious shout or ministry, and we are called not to faint because of the ministry that the Lord had given to us. Then secondly, in verses 7 to 12, another thing that the Lord had given to us, we have a treasure within us. We have a valuable and precious treasure in these earthen vessels. Then thirdly, in verses 13 to 18, the Apostle Paul emphasized the fact that we as believers, we have this assured faith in the person and in the work of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. We are confident in the faith uh, that we have, that faith of the gospel. We trust God through the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who provided for us salvation, and therefore we have a, a sure faith. And fourthly, in chapter 5, verses 1 to 8, we have a future hope. Every believer have also a a future hope, a sure hope. As it says in chapter 5 and verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. The sure hope that we ultimately, whatever happened here in this world, 
The hope of the believer is to be absent from the body and ultimately present with the Lord. But now let's look over the first 12 verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. So what was it that kept Paul from fainting? You notice he used that word uh, more than once. We read in verse 1, 2 Corinthians 4, 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. A little bit later, he will say in verse 16 of chapter 4, For which cause we faint not. So, not to faint, we are simply continuing on. In other words, for we faint not. In other words, we do not lose heart. We do not give up. It is so important not to give up, not to lose heart, not to faint, because there are many trials here in this world that all of us have in our life. And beloved brothers and sisters, isn't it true? It's so easy for us to lose heart, to get discouraged because of disappointments, because of problems here in this world, opposition for within, for without, suffering and persecution and disappointments, all these that are taking place in our life. You remember what the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, said in the city of Yerushalayim to the disciples in John chapter 16 when he reminded them that he is going, of course, to heaven. He said earlier in chapter 14 that in the Father's house there are many mansions. He go to prepare a place for those that belong to him. If you remember, beloved brothers and sisters, but at the end of chapter 16, before he went to the garden of Gatshmanim, which is Gatsemani in Hebrew, Gatshmanim, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have shalom, peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, and verses 1 to 6, we learn... As Paul knew that he possessed in the person of the Lord Jesus much. When one have Christ, have the Messiah, he or she possessed all things. Because in Christ, in the Messiah, we are new creation. And so Paul knew that. And he rejoiced in what he had in Messiah, in Christ. And you and I also should rejoice in what we have in the Lord. So Paul, because he knew what he possessed in the Lord, he had realized that the Lord will provide for him mercy and grace for the way. There's a verse that I want to read in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Paul said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So Paul has a ministry that the Lord Jesus the Messiah placed him into this service and ministry to serve him and to minister the gospel to the world around him, to minister to the saints. He continued in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13, he said, who me, speak of himself, who was before a blasphemer and a persecuted and injurious, but I obtained mercy, 
because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundantly with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, Paul says. And then he said, However, howbeit, for this cause I obtain mercy. Notice how many times he used the word mercy and grace. I obtain mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a patron to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul wrote this to, the, to Timothy, but he used the words mercy more than once. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me, for he had counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was an injurious. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly. And the Lord provided grace and mercy for the Apostle Paul. So now listen to it, beloved brothers and sisters. This ministry, the Apostle Paul is mentioning here in this fourth uh, chapter. Just if you turn back for a moment to chapter 3, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 8, we read, How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? In other words, that ministry of the Spirit of the New Covenant is glorious than a ministry of the law, because the law came to an end when the Messiah came. The law pointed Israel to the coming of Christ, of the Messiah. When he came, beloved brothers and sisters, he, he fulfilled the law, and therefore now we are under the ministration of the Holy Spirit of God. And Paul is speaking about this ministry of the Holy Spirit of God during this age of the church age. So notice the three things he's saying here in verses 1 to 6. We have a glorious ministry, okay? This ministry caused Shaul Paul to be kept from quitting. To be kept from quitting. And I'm reading verse 1. Notice what we read. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, notice again the word mercy here he mentioned, as he mentioned in First Timothy chapter 1, we faint not. We do not lose heart. Why? Because we receive from the Lord that ministry. That in Hebrew it says, Sherut, le charet, to serve. The service. Paul was specifically called to serve the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, if you remember, on the, on the way to Damascus, to preach the message of the gospel to the Gentiles, to many kings, and also to the children of Israel. It is a ministry that was given to the apostle Paul by the glorified Messiah. Shaul met him on the way to Damascus. And he said to him, Shaul, Shaul, why are you persecuting me? And it was there that the 
Shaul said, what will you have me to do, Lord, Adon, Adoni? And then the Lord showed him what he had to do. And he used Hananiah, one of the believers from Damascus, telling him that he will show Shaul how much he must suffer for the name of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. So we receive this ministry. So because we receive this ministry, we do not faint. Beloved brothers and sisters, it is very encouraging to be reminded of the ministry that we received as we live here in this world and sharing the love of God with the people of this world who need to know that there is a way to receive forgiveness of sins from the living God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then secondly, in verses 2 to 4, another thing that the Apostle Paul emphasized to the Corinthians, this ministry that he's speaking about, it kept Paul from actually presenting false. This ministry of truth kept Paul from preaching false, from being a deceiver. Notice in verse 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by ministration of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, he says in verse 2. In other words, we renounce dishonesty, we renounce craftiness. You know, it is so important that when we present the word of God, we need to present the word of God this ministration of truth to handle the word of God, we are really not, we are not to do it this in, in hidden things in dishonesty. We are not to walk in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Paul says, I did not do so. I presented the word of God in honesty and in truth. I was not deceiving people when I shared with them the message of the gospel of the grace of God. I based it upon the word of God, of course, the Hebrew scriptures, and the gospel being provided for us on the basis of the coming of the promised Messiah to this world, to die, to be buried, to rise again, and to be providing justification to those that believe on him. So we have this ministry so we renounce hidden things of dishonesty. We do not walk in craftiness. We do not handle the word of God deceitfully. But by the manifestation of truth, we present the truth. We are commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So, verse 2, Paul renounced dishonesty and craftiness. In verse 3, he continues and he says that the gospel was really this message of the gospel was hid from the lost. Really, beloved brothers and sisters, notice what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You see, we live in a world that is lost. You and I were lost by nature. And unless God is enlightening us, we who were lost and all who are lost will 
will never be able to understand this truth of the message of the gospel because by nature we are sinners. So the gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing. God, by the Spirit of God, has to work in their hearts and conscience in order to bring them to the knowledge of the person of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. You know, again, to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that the word gospel, besoir, glad tidings, good news, the gospel is, as it is given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said there in verses 1 to 4, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, since ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ, the Mashiach, Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. And of course, the Apostle Paul speaks about the Hebrew Scriptures, and you can have multitude of passages in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Scriptures, that spoke about the coming of the Messiah, that he will come to this world, that he will die for sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, Isaiah said. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquities of us all. The Messiah died. The Messiah was buried and he rose again. Thou shalt not leave my soul in Sheol, neither thou shalt leave thine holy one to, to see corruption. The psalmist of Israel said in Psalm 16.10. So the gospel, the glad tidings is hid, but it is only hid to them that are lost. And those that are lost needed to be awakened by the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord, because by nature we are lost, beloved brothers and sisters. In John chapter 5 and verse 19 we read, Verily I, verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also does the Son likewise. And he is the one, the Son of God, that came to this world, beloved brothers and sisters, and he is the one that came to this world to pay for the sin of this world. And then he sent the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God, beloved brothers and sisters, is the Spirit of God that have convicting us and working in our hearts to lead us to Christ, to the Messiah. And so that's the truth. The lost world, the unregenerated world, is blinded. And the gospel is hid. It is hid to them that are lost. Sinners. You and I, by nature, are sinners. But now notice verse 4. Verse 4, the ministry, this ministry kept the apostle Paul from being a deceiver. And when he was preaching the gospel, he wanted to 
enlightened that the Lord will open the hearts of many because the Satan have blinded the mind of them that believe not. And so notice what he says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, In whom, this is in the lost people of this world, the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of the Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See what Satan does? Satan, he is called here the God of this world. The, the G here is a small G. Here he is called the God of this world. And Satan, the God of this world, he has blinded the mind, notice that as he says here, of them which believe not. And why? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which the image of God should shine unto them. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, Satan is the one that blinding the eyes of mankind, the unregenerated ones. He is called here the God of this world. And in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, we read, uh, wherein in time past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, notice that, to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the children of disobedience. In other words, Satan, Paul called him in Ephesians 2, 2, the prince of the power of the air, and in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he is calling him the God, small g, of this world. Really? Satan is the one who is ruling over this world and is allowed by God to do in a measure what the Lord will allow him, but he is called in Scripture the God of this world. This is Lucifer that became Hasatan, Satan. He fell and was cast down when he prided himself as a angel that wanted to dethrone God, to take the place of God, and he was cast down. And he is the one who beguiled Chava, Eve, in the garden of Eden, Gan Eden. And he is the one, first sin came into this universe by him who prided himself and wanted to take the place of God. And from then on he became Hasatan, the devil, the old serpent the snake, the constantly opposing God and God's people. How true it is, beloved brothers and sisters. In fact, he is called also by Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in John 12 and verse 31, he is called the prince of this world. It says in verse 31 of John chapter 12, Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Notice that. So he's called the God of this world. In Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4. He's called the prince of the power of the air. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. And he's called the prince of this world. In John chapter 12 and verse 31. He is the one that when Yeshua the Messiah came and went to the wilderness to begin his testing before his public ministry, 
in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 3 to 10, he sought to tempt the Lord Jesus the Messiah, but was not successful because the Lord Jesus the Messiah, in obedience to his Father, in obedience to God, he says he's always quoting the Word of God and he did not submit to the evil of this, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, that is Satan. Notice it says here, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not, lest, notice that, lest the light of the glorious gospel, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Beloved brothers and sisters, amazing. And when we think about this blindness, beloved brothers and sisters, you see, we have already read in Second Corinthians chapter 3, if you remember, we already read in verse 14, but their mind were blinded. Speaking about the world, the unregenerated world, the mind were blinded. And it's also speaking about the people of Israel whose mind were blinded because they did not acknowledge Yeshua the Messiah at his first coming. Their mind were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Covenant. This is the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scripture, which veil is done away in Christ, in Mashiach. When Israel as a nation will come to recognize that the Lord Yeshua Jesus is truly the promised Messiah of Israel and the Savior of this world, that veil will be taken away. But they are naturally are blinded. But they are not only naturally blinded, according to Romans chapter 11 and verse 25, they are also judicially blinded. Blindness in part happened to Israel, Romans 11 verse 25, until the fullness of the Gentile become in, and so all Israel shall be saved. Not only they have a natural blindness, but also there is a judicial blindness. And beloved friend, it's not only with respect to Israel, but all of us have the natural blindness that we all have as sinners. That's why we read, the gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. All of us who were born into this world that inherited the sin nature of Adam, we are all lost by nature. Naturally, we are lost. Naturally, we are blind. But when one refused to receive the gospel again and again and again and again, there's a time coming when God judicially will blind them. And that's why it is so important to respond to the gospel, to the, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God. And how wonderful when, if you, my dear friend, haven't trusted yet the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, recognize when you listen to the word of God and you see that the Lord is speaking to you, and you are recognizing that you are lost in your trespasses and sins and you need forgiveness, how important it is that you will turn now, today, if you hear His voice, harden not your heart, turn to the Lord Jesus, accept Him as your Lord and Savior, and He will provide for you eternal salvation. And so Paul's, this ministry, this glorious ministry, assisted the Apostle Paul to continue on 
And not as it says in verse 1, not to faint, not to lose heart, to continue to serve the Lord because many, many, many come to know the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Many, many become believers and have hope for eternal salvation to be one day with the Lord. Sins forgiven, glorious hope, eternally in heaven. Wonderful. In verses 5 and 6 of Second Corinthians chapter 4, this ministry kept Paul not only from quitting, not only from being a deceiver, but also this ministry serving the Lord Jesus the Messiah kept Shaul Paul from being occupied or self-promoting, kept him for to, from promoting himself. He wanted to promote someone else. And that someone else is the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Notice what we read in verses 5 and 6. In verse 5, Paul continued to say, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, it shine in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in the first of Yeshua the Messiah. You see, Paul in verse 5 wanted to assure the Corinthians that he doesn't promote himself. In fact, when he earlier established the local assembly by the help of the Lord, presenting the Lord Jesus to the Corinthians and led them to the Lord, he didn't present himself. He presented to them the truth of the Word of God. And so... You notice he does not want to preach himself. Others have preached themselves, but he did not. You see, later on in Second Corinthians, in chapter 10, he will say about others that have really preached themselves. It says in Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, Let such and one think this, that such as we are in word by letter, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. You see, that is our hearts, beloved brothers and sisters. Sometimes, because we are not in a right spiritual state, we commend ourselves rather than to commend the person of the Lord Jesus. And that's what we need. Paul did not trust in himself as he already wrote in Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. You see, he did not trust himself. He trusted in the Lord. And that's what he says here in verse 5. But we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. How wonderful to see that, beloved brothers and sisters. And now in verse 6 he's saying, this is such an amazing verse. It takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and verses 2 and 3. You notice I'm reading 2 Corinthians chapter 
4 and verse 6, he says, listen to this, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, take us all the way back to Genesis 1, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, He's taking us back all the way to Genesis 1, where we read in Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first three verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and notice we read in verse 3, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, the same God of creation, the creator God, what does he do? Not only did he create the universe and created the human race that fail into sin and disobedience, But now what he does, he shone in our hearts. All we who are descendants of Adam and Eve, who have inherited the sin nature, those of us that trusted in him, he shone in our hearts. God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Why? In order to give us, to give us, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. The knowledge of the glory of God to give us that light to know God, but how and through whom in the face of Jesus Christ. When we come to know Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, He opening our eyes to see, to have the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. The same God who said in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, Let there be light, and there was light. Is the same God who said in the power of the Spirit of God to you and I, Let there be light. We were in darkness, but He opened our eyes and our hearts. He commanded the light to shine in our own hearts, so we will know God, so we will repent of our sins. So we will turn to God through the person and the work of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. How wonderful this to know, beloved brothers and sisters. So in verses 1 to 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this is the first thing that Paul is mentioning, this glorious, we have glorious ministry. We have glorious service. We can serve God. We are called to serve God. And because we have this amazing ministry, we faint not. And that is causing us to be kept from quitting, and to be kept from deceiving others, from being kept to be occupied with ourselves, but to be occupied with the person and the work of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Well, now that he mentioned this in verses 1 to 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the second point that Apostle Paul is emphasizing from verses 7 to verse 12, the treasure, the valuable, the special and precious treasure 
that we have in these bodies of ours, in these earthen vessels. Not only that we have a, a, an amazing ministry and service for God in preaching the gospel and serving the Lord here in this world, but we also have this special treasure in our own self, in our own body. We ourselves are vessels. Like when you have a vessel to carry water to pour, or you have a vessel to carry one thing or another in order to serve well, you and I became vessels. You and I in our persons, we are vessels. So notice that in verse 7, we read in Second Corinthians 4, 7, But we have this treasure. What is that treasure? The treasure is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God from the previous verse. Because we have been enlightened, because we have accepted the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, because the Spirit of God has enlightened us to know God, to know the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, therefore we have now this treasure in our own hearts. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels. These earthen vessels is in us, in our bodies, in our souls in our human spirit. And so we have these truths in ourselves. So God placed in the believers as vessels filled with his power. So we are these like an earthen vessels who need to be always prepared to be used by the Lord. We must focus on the treasure every day of our life and not on the vessels, not on ourselves, but on the treasure that we possess in our hearts, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah. Why? Because we accepted what the Lord Jesus the Messiah has done for us. And to remind you, beloved friend, who is Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah? He is, according to Scripture, the eternal Son co-equal with God the Father, one of the three persons of the Godhead. He came to this world. He took union, humanity, and became a man, just like you and I, sin apart. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, we read in John chapter 1 and verse 14. So He entered into this world. God the Son became a man, entered into this world, in order to pay for the sin of this world, because none of us could pay for our own sins, all of us have sinned, we could not lift ourselves out of our condition. So here the Messiah Jesus came to die. And he was buried, and he rose again to justify all those that have trusted in him. So God judged him, instead of judging us all, and if we believe on him, we will never need to be judged because he was judged for our own sin and sins. So now that we have accepted him, and now that we receive the knowledge of the glory of God, of the greatness, the fact that God is a creator, but also God is a redeemer through the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, now this knowledge, this light of the knowledge of God, of the glory of God is 
within us, and we became like a vessel, like an earthen vessels. You and I are walking here in this world, and we have within ourselves these truths, and we need to always be ready to share these truths with others, because the world is headed into eternal loss. And only through the person of the Lord Jesus one can be saved. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 15, notice what Jesus the Messiah said about Paul Shaul himself to Hananiah. He said, the Lord said unto him, he said, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So you see, the Lord himself said that Shaul Paul will become that vessel for him, that he will be the one that will be used by him to preach the message of the gospel of the grace of God to the world around us. Well, you and I are also vessels in the hand of the Lord. In Psalm 139, we read in verse 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance, we read here in Psalm 139, and verse 15 and 16, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. In other words, God knows everything about us. From our mother's womb, he knows everything about us. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made us for himself to be vessels. Now, because we have sinned and gone astray, we need to turn to Him, accept the Messiah, and become born again, born of the Spirit of God. And from here on, once we have accepted Him, we become vessels in His hand. Vessels. And we have these treasure in an earthen vessels. To remind you, in the day of the judges, in the history of our people of Israel, how in those days, beloved friend, when Gideon had this army that he led uh, to fight against the Midianite, we read in Judges chapter 7 of the of vessels that were broken and gave light. And so we read in Judges chapter 7 and verse 16, And he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand, with an empty pitcher, notice that, that's that vessel, and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. 
And you remember what we read in verse 19. Very precious, beloved brothers and sisters, we do read, So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came into the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpet, and not to break the pitchers, these are the vessels that were in their hand, and the three companies blew the trumpet and break the, the pitchers, this is the vessel that held the lamps in the left hand, and the trumpets in the right hand, to blow with all, and they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. You see, the pitchers, the the vessels that were broken and the light shone have caused confusion in the camp of the Midianite, and that's how God used Gideon to defeat the enemies of Israel. And this is very important because the broken vessel represents the need for us to be broken before the Lord and let the light of the glory of God to shine in the face of Jesus the Messiah. We are called also to be broken vessels that can serve the Lord and let the Lord Jesus the Messiah be seen in our life and in our behavior and as we share the gospel with others around us. Beloved brothers and sisters, how beautiful these lessons are to us as we study, brothers and sisters, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. There is a verse that uh, we read in First uh, Timothy in chapter 1 where the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in chapter 1 and verse 11, and there we read, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. You see, Paul said to Timothy, I became a vessel, it was committed to my trust, and I am continuing on to serve in the gospel, and you, Timothy, are continuing on as well to serve with me in the gospel and serve the Lord Jesus as we preach together the message of the gospel. And now, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 8, 9, and 10, we read of God allow believers to go through trials in order that we will be formed and learn lessons and be a little bit more like our Lord Jesus the Messiah, of whom we read that He is the one that the knowledge of the glory of God is being seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And notice what we read in verses 8, 9, and 10. This is kind of very sad and yet very moving because Paul says, we are troubled, verse 8, on every side, yet we are not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, always burying about in, in the body. Notice again, the body is that vessel, the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Notice that the body here, beloved brothers and sisters, is that vessel. And that vessel that Paul says, we have this treasure the treasure is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We have this light of the knowledge of the glory of God in earthen vessels. And these earthen vessels, according to verses 8, 9, and 10, is really the bodies 
of the believers. In the context here, the bodies of Paul and others that served with him. But in these bodies, there were trouble on every side, yet not distress. In this body, we, were, we are perplexed, but not in despair. In this body, we are persecuted, but not forsaken. In this body, we are cast down, but not destroyed. We always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus, of Yeshua, might be made manifest in our body. In other words, all the trials that Apostle Paul and those that followed him have experienced, trouble, persecution, casting down, all that things that they have experienced ultimately formed in them the person of the Lord Jesus, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Yeshua might be made manifest in our body. So the body become the vessel, and the vessel possessed the treasure. And as the vessel here in this world, experiencing some trouble, perplexed and distress and persecution, and yet the Lord, with the help of the Spirit of God, is helping God's people to be able to serve Him and to live for Him and be an example to the unbelieving world and to lead many to the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Now, brothers and sisters, this is very easy to be read, but it is altogether another situation when we go through these experiences. That's why it is so easy to lose heart. It is so easy to faint. That's why Shaul Paul is encouraging the Corinthians and speaking about himself as well. We having this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. It is the mercy and the grace of God that sustained Shaul Paul, and it is the very same mercy and grace of God that will sustain any one of us who ever seek to serve the Lord here in this world. And so finally in verses 11 and 12, God allows us all as believers to suffer, so others will receive life. That is what we learn here. Sometimes when trials coming our way, we through these trials can benefit others by presenting before them the love of God. And so we read in verses 11 and 12 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, for Yeshua's sake, that the life of Jesus might be made a manifest in our mortal flesh. So, verse 12, Then death worketh in us, but life in you. So all the suffering that Apostle Paul have experienced, him and those that serve with him, benefited the Corinthians, benefited all the, the believers and all the people with whom he shared the message of the gospel. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit of God used the Apostle Shaul Paul to lead those Corinthians and others to the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. So through suffering, you see, the life of the Lord Jesus is seen in the life of the persecuted believers. You see, when persecution comes our way, not that we look for it or like it or wish for it, but 
trials and persecutions will produce in us some moral features of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. You remember again, to remind you in John 16, Yeshua said, In this world ye shall have tribulation. But then he continued to say, But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So in verse 12, Paul is saying, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 12, Paul is saying, So death worketh in us, but life in you. Death and suffering happen to Paul and others, but life for the Corinthians. That thought of death worketh in us, in other words, the burying always in our bodies, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Let me remind you in verse 10, always burying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And because submissiveness, because of his humility, the Lord trained him and taught him so he could be used as a vessel, as a vessel to share with others the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in the face of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Well, beloved friends and dear brothers and sisters, what an amazing portion we have here in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. We have a glorious ministry, and because we have such a glorious ministry, we do not lose heart, we faint not. Secondly, we have a valuable treasure, the knowledge of the glory of God, and therefore we faint not, we continue on with the help of the Lord to serve Him and to serve His people. May the Lord bless His word and help us all as we continue on here in this world one day at a time. We need God's grace. We need God's mercy every day because without Him, without Yeshua, without the Lord Jesus, we can do nothing. God bless you, my dear friend. Until the next time, we say to you, Shalom, Shalom.